Do you let fear run your life? Have you ever in the past? Today we talk about fear, how it can run your life, and how you can stop that and face everything and rise. Clutch on to your fears on this episode of Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America. My real girlfriend across America. Hey, wait a minute. I don't know how to describe myself. Huh? We gotta give these ladies a makeover. Funny cool. Sometimes you feel like you're always sitting on the show. I'm like, oh wow, that's really good to know. A lot of women experience some of them. Clutch has like cool. a lot of different kinds of interests. <laughs> And welcome to the Clutch Podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. I am your host tonight, Annie, and I'm so happy to be here. Real Girlfriends Across America is a company that has a foundation and mission to build lifelong friendships with women across the globe. We are broadcasting Sunday through Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We always want to hear from you, and we're always looking for fresh topics to discuss. Tonight, we have Kelly, Corinne, Alexis, Tawanda, and myself on the line and I expanded a little bit on these topics tonight because this month we're doing a big uh, big spread of topics, but I will be doing Tuesdays, and mine are all kind of based around fear. So, therefore, I expanded this one tonight a little bit to talk about fear versus intuition and when we should follow our intuitions and when we should fight our fears because um, sometimes they can get mixed up. So, with that being said, we're going to start off by saying that fear is normal and it definitely is something that needs to be moved through. I think that people who live in fear, um, I know that there's people out there with irrational fears. That's going to be a topic we're going to talk about. Um, and then there's people who have, have fears of things that are unknown or aren't even there. Uh, there's such a big, huge, wide variety of things we could talk about when it comes to fear. But in general, I want to talk about how it's a normal thing and we should push past it for the most part. Um, usually it, it indicates an opportunity that is going to be ideal for us or positive for us. We're just scared of the outcome or scared maybe that we're not good enough. Um, and, you know, this is one of those things that I like to push is that, yes, you are good enough and it's never too late to shine. So intuition, on the other hand, um, it rarely steers you wrong and it signals alarms in your body and your mind uh, that can end up saving you in many cases. Um, Especially for women, I think we have a, an added intuition with, with certain situations and, and, you know, when our hairs on the back of our neck stand up, and maybe that's one of the stories someone will tell tonight. So intuition is about the present. Um, it's not worrying about the past or the future. It's a response in your mind and your body, and it's going to create the stage for everything that's happening in the situation around you. It's a, uh, intuition is more not really an emotional thing where fear is very highly emotional and it can cause a stress response in your body. Um, I remember when I first started doing karaoke and actually even when I still do, even though I haven't been able to do it in a while because of the COVID, um, I still to this day will get up there and shake when I'm doing karaoke. And as many times as I've done it, uh, I still have that stress response in my body because I'm a little bit scared of the outcome and that I might let myself down. So first thing I want to talk about is Corinne, how about I start with you? Do you have any, uh, any fears like that, or do you have any uh, past experiences with, with a fear that you have? Um, I try not to have any fears that's, like, disabling or that's going to, like, prevent me from doing something. Um, I guess the only real fear that I have is maybe um, the fear of failure. 
Oh, yeah. So how do you get past that? Like if you, if you come across a situation where you know that you're, uh, you're afraid you're going to fail, how do you get past that? What do you do? Just work harder. Educate myself. Um, if it's something that I, let's say, don't know how to do, I'll make it a point to, you know, um, educate myself so that I eliminate the um, room for failure. So you just push past it and move forward, which is always what I like to do. Uh, Tawanda, how about you, girl? You're asking about if I have something that I've been fearful about? Yeah. Oh, goodness, I'm still on the call from last night. We having phobias, fear and <laughs> phobias. Oh, my goodness. Um, Can I tell you about a phobia? I would have to say the uncertainty of the pandemic is really the biggest fear slash phobia that I have right now, just with going out, remembering my mask, remembering to have my hand sanitizer, and remembering to, to not pull up on someone and hug them because that is not that's, appropriate right now. That's kind of the biggest situation right now. Huge. That is really huge, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's true. You know, for me it's hard because I've been out there a lot, and I've had to just um, practice a lot of the sanitation uh, things in restaurant business. is definitely a lot different now than it used to be. Um, but it's crazy how there's different levels of people who come in and they're, you know, there's some people that don't even leave, leave their car. They order to go and then they wait in their car and we have to bring it out to them. And then there's other people who walk in without a mask and just saunter around without a mask the entire time. So it's kind of crazy how there's those different levels, but that just shows, you know, you know, there's different people on different levels of, of what they've went through in the past and what they've already beat. And I think, you know, once you get past a certain level, certain things just don't scare you anymore, you know? (laughs) So Kelly, Mm -hmm. how about you, girl? Oh, what scares me? Wow. <laughs> a lot of things kind of scare me, and but I do, for one, like what you had mentioned, doing karaoke, and what I do is kind of warm myself in the mirror, and I take a lot of practice, but there's always that first time where you come in contact with a brand new set of people that you need to break kind of the ice. So there's a little bit of fear I would associate it to, but um, because of practice and determination and confidence, I feel that I usually vince it. Yeah. You know what so is crazy one with me? Is, so I'm I sorry? do some acting and stuff. I was saying what's crazy with me is I do some acting and stuff I have since I was in high school. And whenever I was going out and auditioning for a part as somebody else and I was acting as somebody else, I wasn't as afraid as when I ran for senior class president and I had to get up and address the whole school uh, being myself. It was kind of nuts. Like I was just thinking back on that just from this topic about how, how I literally would chew the inside of my lip when I was, I was giving my senior class president speech. But when I was acting to be somebody else, it wasn't an issue and I wasn't even shaking. So it's kind of maybe that vulnerability um, that puts me there, you know, so I know Kay is on the line. Kay, um, we're talking about fears right now. Do you have any fears that uh, you've had to overcome or, or that you still battle, and how do you get over them? Uh, I do. I mean, I have fears. Um, one of them we talked about, what was it, yesterday? I have a fear of roaches. Um, other than that, I have other fears. Uh, 
for example, I have a fear. Well, I, I'm doing this thing like it's called surplus funds and you have to call people like you have to cold call them to try and convince them that you actually want to perform a service for them that sounds um, like it's too good to be true, but it's actually true. And so right. calling random people that you don't know is kind of scary. Uh, <laughs> and I don't like right. doing it because most of the time people don't believe that you're actually trying to help them. <laughs> so I guess that's a fear. It is a fear because I'm like, oh, this is going to be awkward and it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable. It's well, not really like a fear. Yeah, but, it's more like. But, you know, not only, I, think, I think not only that, though, like there's an outcome that you're hoping for because it is a job and you want to succeed. And you feel like maybe, if, you know, I know that when I have a call coming in that I don't know who it is, I'm instantly on the guard of, like, I take me off your list, you know. You have to battle against right. that. So, I mean, that's a pretty uh, solid fear or, you know, anxiety to have over something like that for sure, <laughs> in my <Right>. opinion. <laughs> and I have the fear of not paying my bills, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, you know, if you guys you guys want to get deep, you know, um, I've told you before how I ended up homeless last year because of the situation I was put in. And, and I, you know, it took me three weeks homeless to get out of it. And I, I worked my ass off for three weeks and got out of it quickly. But I now live like it's but it's funny because it's, it's created a much more I budget much better than I ever used to before. I am so good about paying my bills first and not doing anything that um, will jeopardize me having a roof over my head. And, and I'm not going to lie before that, you know, um, I used to make pretty, pretty great money. So I would splurge a lot and, and I would spend a lot of money on concerts and all this stuff. And then I would, I would be there, you know, two days before rent's due stressing out about it. And I don't do that anymore. So it's crazy how this, this pandemic has changed my life in such, such positive ways. Well, at least I've been able to go a positive path after it. Um, and how, you know, fighting my fears has been enabled me to, to kind of live a happier life. So, Alexis, are you out there? What do you got for us? It's actually funny, um, Annie, that you said you like to do karaoke. I remember when there was a situation where I had to do auditions for a district choir, and it was not the year that I was in honors choir. It was the year that I was in regular choir. And you want to know what my teacher said? My teacher said, for the rest of you, it's optional. But not for you, Alexis. It's a requirement. And I got so upset because I'm like, why did they get to choose if they get to do the audition? There's a requirement for me. My choir teacher was like, because you were supposed to be an honors choir, so I'm going to treat you just like, well, boo-hoo, get in there. And, you know, I cried. I actually <laughs> cried over my audition because, fortunately, the judges are behind a screen, so they're not exactly staring at you. So it's not about the nurse, but I missed two sight readings and one note. And I came out of that room crying my eyes out. So upset because I have a fear of failure, right? And I was just crying my eyes out. And, of course, like one of the parents just didn't understand why, or why I would cry over audition. So when I saw my teacher, I went running to my teacher crying my eyes out. And, of course, she understands, so she just comforts me. You want to know what the funny part was? I was the only soprano that made it that year. <laughs> I know it's funny, yeah, like I, I cried earlier, for nothing. 
they said that it's, you know, usually when you have a fear, I mean, I guess you could consider it a healthy fear because it's something that's going to impact you positively um, or is necessary in your life. And we're afraid of failure, you know? Um, And of course the way we grow up has a lot to do with that. So I'm curious if, if any of you ladies have any, um, anything that happened to you in the past or that you remember, um, like maybe, you know, there was some big fear that you had that you overcame. Maybe it could be as simple as a haunted house um, or, you know, as big as, as speaking in front of a, a big, huge uh, room full of people. So, Tawanda, I want to start with you. I want to know about a fear that you've overcome in the past and what happened. I would have to say that I overcame a fear of, oh, no, I can't tell you about that one. All right, let me tell you about this one. All right, I would have to say that I overcame a fear of being afraid of animals. I don't know why, but when I was in the third grade, I got a dog from my teacher. I guess her dog had puppies, and she had like six or seven, so I got one. I don't know why, because I was scared of it, so I was always running from it. And my dad was trying to find out when I was going to feed it and how I was going to afford to feed it. And I said, well, I'm a kid. I don't have any money. And when it started, like, shitting all over the house, I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to clean that up. And then, I was, and then on top of all that, I was scared to death. I don't even know why I said I wanted it, but I, was, I would always <laughs> run from it. Oh, yeah, so I eventually faced my fear um, of, of animals because I actually love animals. Very, very passionately, but um, yeah. So that was one fear, and I wanted to work on it because I didn't know why I was scared. I just thought it was going to eat me up. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely one fear that I can share on the show. Is that um something I was scared of? Now there's some other things you can ask me later, Amy. I'll tell you about that I had to okay. fear about. All right, I'm gonna I'm making a note of that right now. You know, and with animals, you know, I grew up with animals since I was a baby, so. <laughs> So having animals in my life, you know, I was never afraid of, of dogs. I have two pit bulls. Um, but, uh, but I know people who had never been around pets before, and it's very scary for them. And I try to, I try to be, as a pet owner, you know, responsible in my dogs approaching other people because there are people that are more sensitive to that. And that's a, you know, that's a fear that, that they just, of the unknown, I guess, in my opinion. Um, so, Kay, what about you? What's a fear, a big fear in the past you overcame? Um. To be honest, my biggest fear as a child was the dark. Um, I was terrified of the dark. I would go and make sure that so so my room was the wall to my room was opposite the kitchen, and the kitchen was this really long, narrow thing that had a door leading to the backyard, which at night was the creepiest, most spookiest place to a kid my uh-huh. you know that I was. <laughs> So I would have nightmares that monsters would come in that door through the kitchen to come and kill me in my bed in my sleep. So I would wake up out of my sleep, go to the kitchen that was on the opposite side of the, on my room, turn on the light to make sure there were no monsters there, and leave it on. I know my parents must have been so angry every morning knowing that kitchen light was turned on all night. <laughs> That's I remember, you want to know, the one of the funny ones I had was like back in the day when I was younger, that show the twilight zone, you know, was popular. And I remember there was this one about like this behind this little kid's bed, there was this doorway to another dimension. And so I was convinced that there was a doorway to another dimension behind my bed. And I was terrified of the end of the bed by my, by the wall. That took me quite a while. Oh, to get over. 
<laughs> I, as a kid, I was also afraid of those dolls that, like, open their eyes when you sit them up. Oh, God. Like, my sister had a doll like that. that. Oh. My mom gave her that. And I swear that doll would turn its head and look at me at night. That thing creeped my soul out so bad. Hey, I don't doubt that it did turn its head, man. <laughs> so, uh, what about you, Corinne? Um, I had a stare similar to Tawanda's. Um, growing up, I didn't have um, any dogs. Like, my parents refused to get us a dog um, because I guess my dad was still <laughs> getting over the loss of his dog from when he was a child. And my mom was afraid of her dog when she was little, so she didn't even, <laughs> I guess, like, deal with her dog. Um, but they refused to get us a dog. And so I guess, like, growing up, I was afraid of them. I literally got a dog when I first moved out when I was about, Actually, when I got my own place when I was about 20, um, and that helped me get over my fear of dogs, and I'm not afraid of them as I used to be. I'm still cautious about strangers' dogs, but I'm not afraid of them. Well, that's good, because you, know, you guys know I'm an animal lover. And, uh, and, you know, dogs are a lot of work, though. Some people don't realize that. You know, it's like they take a lot of work. Like Tawanda was saying, the dog was shitting all over the house. That does happen, and... They, you know, it takes a lot of work, but once they're trained and once they get a little older, they're a real a blessing. And I mean, in my life, especially, you know, um, they they're here mm-hmm. for protection and for love. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. Alexis, how about you? What's the fear that uh, you've overcome? What happened? Um, I used to have a fear of getting in front of a crowd of people to give a presentation. It actually was so bad that my classmates always took pity on me, that they asked me no questions. Like, my teacher knew that I was well-prepared, clearly, because a lot of thought and a lot of work went into my presentation. Just don't ask me to slow down. I would speak a mile a minute. And there were a lot of words that I know in my head, but I, for whatever reason, on the tip of my tongue, can't really say it. So I would describe what it is, and one of my classmates or my teacher would tell me, and I'd say, yeah, what you said. And it got so bad that I would rush through my presentation, and none of my classmates would ask me a single question just so I could go back to my chair. <laughs> so uh, it took me about three semesters with my classmates to finally feel comfortable enough to at least slow down and face the audience, not look above their head, yeah. and not talk a mile a minute. <laughs> it's, it's a scary thing, you know, and it's a real thing, too. You know, there's a lot of phobias out there that are a real thing that affect people, and it's hard to, it's, you know, it's a triumph every time you, you push past it. Um, but I think having the courage to even try is sometimes, is sometimes good enough, you know. Um, Kelly, what kind of fears do you have? Well, I would not <laughs> – it did not last very long, but I had a fear when I was younger of making love. <laughs> I was afraid to be found with a boy. <laughs> oh, hey, that's more. <laughs> yeah, but that did not last very long. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I think I can reasonably say that most girls probably had a little bit of a fear of that before we popped the cherries. <laughs> yeah. That may be so. Yep. 
All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and after we come back, we're going to actually start talking about some intuition. So, ladies, start thinking about when you've had a situation where your intuition kicked in, and that's what we're going to talk about next. Become a patron of Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America. By supporting creators you love on Patreon, you're becoming an active participant in their creative process. As a member, you receive exclusive content, community access, behind-the-scenes updates, and the pride of viewing work that matters to you. Joining is easy. Visit patreon.com backslash realgirlfriendsacrossamerica. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash realgirlfriendsacrossamerica. Every donation helps. Clutch on to your drinks while we listen to today's trending news story. Claudia Conway, the 15-year-old daughter of the former White House counselor, Kelly Ann Conway, has established herself as a public figure on TikTok with over 1 million followers on the platform. In a recent TikTok video, the teenager revealed that her mother had tested positive for COVID-19, spurring Kelly Ann to announce her diagnosis. On Monday evening, Claudia posted and deleted several TikTok capturing a heated exchange with her mother, who said that videos were destructive and asked Claudia to post another with new information. In a follow-up live stream, Claudia seems to suggest she was afraid of her mother. Her content has sparked a discussion about media coverage of minors. Now that's it for Trending News. Now, back to you. All right. Well, welcome back. This is Annie, and I'm your host tonight, and we're talking about fears and intuition. So we're going to move on in and talk about intuition. And one of the things I wanted to put out there was, um, you know, me, I suffer from anxiety, and I know a lot of, um, a lot of women who do. And having to distinguish between your intuition and your anxiety sometimes can be difficult. And when I was researching this subject, I, I came across these points of, uh, you know, what people can, with anxiety can do to kind of separate that in their head and, and understand in the moment what's going on and whether they should, you know, fight or flight mode or if they can just relax a little bit and realize that they may just be uh, having an anxiety attack. Uh, it's kind of a real thing, especially for somebody like me. Um, and so I thought that maybe if you, any of you ladies, after I read these four little points here, if any of you ladies have any pointers that maybe you've experienced when you've had an anxiety-ridden uh, situation, um, how you might have dealt with that and realized that, hey, it was my intuition or no, it was just me uh, freaking out a little bit. So uh, the, the first one they said is to check in with your physical gut and your physical self. Um, ground yourself and uh, try to make sure you feel what's going on and happening inside of your body. Um, Cause I know for me, when my intuition kicks in, your gut is always in your stomach. You know, you say you get the butterflies or something, your gut is always involved in that. So sometimes you need to make sure that um, because your know, anxiety can cause those issues too. Um, make sure that it's not your anxiety, that it is your physical body actually responding um, because of your intuition. Uh, two is to calm your gut with breathing. Heavy, deep breathing is, is a thing. It's a part of meditation. It, it helps calm your body, so take some deep belly breaths. And, uh, and usually if you're having an anxiety attack or at least a little bit more high strung at the moment, uh, that can help calm you down if you're really paying attention. Three is ask yourself if, you are, uh, if you're afraid of something, you know, maybe check your, double-check your surroundings and uh, make sure that there's not something that you're not missing. Get cognitive of what's going on around you. And then four 
uh, consider that your gut might be right because sometimes, you know, it could be your intuition and, and better safe than sorry. So with that being said, I was curious if any of you ladies have uh, any pointers or, or any information to add on uh, anxiety and intuition. Um, this is Kay. I think you're right. I have um, I have suffered from serious anxiety issues, um, and and I constantly have to sort of manage uh, my anxiety. Um, I I have to eat very healthy. There are certain things I can't eat. There are certain things that I have to sort of supplement in my diet. I make sure I take my medicines, but I also drink like um, this chamomile tea, sleepy time tea every. Like, I drink it all day long, every day, because it helps yep. me manage my anxiety. I don't want to go on, I don't want to go on medication because I don't, I would rather just do natural herbal supplements. And also, I don't oh. want to lose my hair. And that's what medication tends to do okay. to me. So I just, I just, you know, I just, I have to manage my anxiety. And as I get older, like, I'm 37 now. And as I get older, um, I, I've, I have learned over time how to um, sort of when I am freaking out, when my anxiety is like making me lose my mind, I've learned how to self-talk. And that's I, did, I actually didn't learn that from experience because experience just drove me nuts. I actually learned that from watching YouTube and realizing that other people go through the same kind of thing and they use certain techniques to help them overcome it. And so then I started using those techniques and they actually work. Like I feel stronger now mentally because I practice those things, but it's still hard. Like if anyone who suffers yeah. from anxiety knows that your body and your mind take control. Like they just, I mean, you oh, legit yeah. lose your mind. <laughs> and so sometimes, I mean, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the anxiety is so bad that I just have to take a hiatus. Like, okay, I, I have to manage this, or I'm going to end up running through the street, streets, like ripping my hair out my head. So, <laughs> like, I've just so, got to take a break. It is such a real thing. Like, okay, so I've always done very physical work, and I've always been very physically active, and um, I was going through a really stressful time in life. And I literally, um, I had to go to the emergency room because I thought I was having a heart attack legitimately thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying and I get in there and I was having a friggin' panic attack. It was, it was quite embarrassing for me because I've always had anxiety, but I had never had it gotten to that point. So I legitimately thought I was dying and it was so terrifying and it was horrible that the reactions my body was having to the anxiety that I was going through are insane. I was literally like shivering from the inside out and I had such chest pain and I was so short breath. It was, it was absolutely awful. And so from that point on, I decided that I was never, you know, I was going to try to work towards not allowing stress to, to scare me like that. So lately I've become pretty good when I, you know, I literally, I, I have a pretty good gut instinct and pretty good intuition about people. Um, you know, I've, I'm bad at convincing myself that I'm just being crazy, but every single friggin' time I get that feeling about somebody when I meet them, I'm always right. No matter how long it takes to friggin' to figure it out, I'm always right. I remember this one chick was dating one of my ex's friends, and um, I did not like that girl from the moment I saw her. There was just something about her that just turned me wrong. And, like, two and a half years later, she ends up cheating on him, like, doing all this crazy, horrible things to him. And I'm like, I was right <laughs> the whole time, you know. And I had to fake it for two and a half years, you know, because just my ex was like, just be nice, you know. 
But my intuition was right. She was a bad seed, you know? <laughs> so what you about you? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I have, this is Kelly, by the way. And um, I have high, high levels of intuition. Um, so I barely ever get caught up in, like, fear or panic because I already am able to perceive into it. So right. it kind of protects me. It's like the medicine because it perceives yeah. me. It perceives. And um, I experienced one. I'll give you an example. I experienced we were all beginning to hang out. We were leaving a bridge. I'm not going to mention the bridge we were leaving, but we were, and we started all coming together and meeting at a friend's house, and there was this one particular girl that seems as though she was trying to befriend me, but at the same time, I could feel her energy were totally opposite to what she was offering me, and there was a lot of jealousy that I felt from her. And so um, this one evening, she says, oh, go over to such and such house. I'm going to be there at like 8 o'clock. And something told me, you need not to be there at 8 o'clock. That seems to be like a setup. And sure enough, apparently her boyfriend dropped like five bullets into the house, three inch tall. I mean, three inches long. And usually I would be, like, in the receiving area. And uh, when, I, when I went there, I went there later on that evening at about 10, and they were like, oh, did you know that so-and-so's boyfriend came looking for her and he dropped bullets into the, into the house? He shot bullets into the house three-inch long. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, that must have been intended for me. You know? Dude, that's so... Yeah, uh, that's how I've become so patient in my life lately because I really believe that, like, when I get delayed for something, I just choose to believe that it's because I'm being kept from something and keeping me safe because, you know, I could get yeah. mad at a red light and, you know, if I am if I need to be somewhere, I need to leave earlier and I need to take my time and I need to just be calm because life is so much easier that way and, and my life has been that way for about the past year year or so that I've been getting better and better at it. And it makes life so much easier. Like if you're calm and patient in line, it goes by a lot quicker and easier than getting, you know, getting all pissed off or getting mad at the red lights. Cause then you're going to hit every red light for sure. Um, yes, the other thing, yes. you know, is one, one of the blessings from all the trauma in my life uh, that I've experienced personally has been my ability to have less fear in situations because <laughs> I personally know how much worse it can get, you know, um, it, it Well, hello there. <laughs> so anyway, sorry about that. Um, I'm new to the bell. I feel like I should, like, be ringing in for another round now. Um, that being said, Tawanda, what do you got to tell us here about intuition? That I was sitting here trying to think about just different signs and things. I know of so many situations that people have told me, kind of similar to what Kelleher said, Um I know people that said, hey, I met someone and I was going to the house and something happened, I turned around or I was going in the house and I went back to the car and I saw some people and she was trying to write. I mean, just all types of stories. So I was trying to think, hey, what can I think of? Because I, I like to think that I'm insightful. I'm always thinking and just looking, you know, like you just have to sometimes let your thoughts lead you. 
So the only thing I would have to say, and I really didn't want to use an example of, of, of a date or something, but, you know, just sometimes you can meet someone and, and, and be on a date and just get a bad vibe or a bad feeling. So, yeah, right. I met a guy, um, probably I was like 24, 25, like a couple of years after I finished college, and it's kind of a crazy, crazy story. But, um, but yeah, I just got a weird feeling about him. Like, things just didn't really check out um, because sometimes people try to overdo it. You know, just it, like they go left, you feel like they need to go right. It just the whole situation just seemed really, really weird. And when I came back to my office after I met him for lunch, I started thinking about it, and I started talking to one of my friends. You know how you have friends that's investigators, like not a for real one, but just kind of like their own type. And she's like, I'm checking out and see. I'm like, you don't even know him. So I gave her the little information that I had, and she went and did some type of investigation and found out all types. Oh yeah, he's really married, and he doesn't work here. He works really across the street, and oh, he's been to prison. And like, but I just knew that I had a bad feeling about him. And I, and again, I was like 24, 25 years old, and I, and then I had just moved to a new city and. You have to be careful when you're living by yourself and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. Um, and I'm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Tell you what. So she did it. It's mm-hmm. liars, liars like that always give off a vibe, too. You just got to be open to receiving it. Like, most people yes, that lie like that, yes. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I truly believe, like, if your eyes are open, you can see the red flags. And you, you're if you're ignoring them, that's on your own shit, you know? Cause yes. Because nobody's perfect, you know? <laughs> Mm, this is Kay. Um, I have an intuition for when I'm being cheated on, but I think most women do. Right now, red flag thing. Exactly, exactly. But other yeah. Other than that, I think that I learned most of my ability for intuition with people through grad school because I was homeschooled, so I didn't get it through homeschool. Um, I, I went to, you know, I went to school for counseling and psychology, and through it, I learned how to watch people's behaviors and their mannerisms and the stuff that, you know, how the stuff that they say, whether it matches up with what their actions are, and so that gives me a level of intuition that I did not have before I went to college. Right. But that's, you know, that's what the great thing about experience is, you know what I mean? Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about uh about the, how certain people, like I, I was born in Philadelphia, but I have family in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and how some people in those towns, when I go back to visit family, these people have never even left their city. Or if they have, it's like the biggest town they've gone to is like Reading, and that's not, they have a Denny's, I think. Um, and so it's kind of crazy how, how small people's worlds can be, you know. Um, and if they're content in that, then I, that's great. I hope every, you know, I think everybody should be happy with their own ways, but I really feel like people should open their minds a little bit more and discover the world out there, you know, and, and that could be a, a a big solution to some of the problems we have this, these type of days, you know what I mean? Um, so Alexis, do you have anything to add on our intuition? Um, I'm the one that's known to said, I told you so, because I'm always right. And it's the one thing that pisses my friends and family off because when I tell them, don't do it, that person hasn't changed, I wouldn't if I were you. And they're like, well, you never know if the person changed. And then after the event, they come crying to me, and I was like, I told you so. 
<laughs> yep. I'm just I'm just one of those people where it's either I'm going to gel with you or I don't. And if I don't, there's always a reason why. And it's not because yep. of jealousy. It has nothing to do with if I meet a woman, I'm just not going to like her because she's a woman. It's right. going to be if I get along with you and then I gel with you, everything's smooth and flying, right? But if I don't like you, there's a reason. Yeah, no, I get I get that completely. No, I try, you know, and I I do I trust my in, intuition a lot more than I used to these days, um, and I'm okay with that because because I've learned that you know being comfortable with yourself and and your body's gonna know and we have you know we have receptors that we're unaware of and uh, sometimes we're not always paying attention but our bodies are you know. Um, Kelly, how about you? You got anything to add on this? <laughs> well, that's about it. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, we are born with a natural uh, intuitive ability that that should be the medicine, the only medicine we should actually rely on um, if we are able to tune into it. And just like what you said, just relax and uh, let the information come to us and then work itself. it'll work itself out. And it'll keep you safe and healthy. Yeah. Right. And then I think we have Lissa on the line. Lissa, uh, welcome to the show. Did you have anything you wanted to add about intuition and fear? Uh, no, I'm just listening tonight. Thank you. Okay. No, absolutely. We always got to give everybody a chance. Um, Tawanda, what else do you got for us? I don't even want to um, start running my mouth too much because that would be a whole other show. I'm just thinking about intuition. <laughs> I think, like, kind of like Kay said, like, she's had an intuition when she's been cheated on. I know we probably all had those thoughts, but I just think that we live in a day and time where we have to turn that those antennas up and, you know, keep our intuition going and just really start thinking. I know people say, oh, you think too much. Well, no, sometimes you just don't think enough. We just got to think and look at it from every angle because the world is so different and sometimes we can be in prevention mode prevention is key you know i feel like the world is so different in many ways and especially like like in general there's not as much respect for each other out there in my opinion um you know it's like it's like sometimes you run into situations where people just don't care uh if you're married they don't care if uh you know if they want what you want they think they're entitled to it um, and, and I feel like a lot of that comes from people not having to work for what they, you know, or earn what they have. Um, how do you feel about that, Corinne? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You definitely have to, um, I guess, face, like, whatever issue you're having. Um, and if you're, like, feeling like, okay, this may be a dangerous moment for me or, you know, you're just having a gut feeling about it, I always say go with your gut feeling because the worst thing can happen is just, you know, you just miss out on something. Um, it's better better to be safe than sorry, I say. Absolutely. Kay, how about you? You have anything to add tonight? Is Kay still there? And I wanted to ask you why Kay is coming <laughs> off mute. Why is facing fear sure. so important? Like, why is it important to you? Well, geez, because, you know, I, I, and throughout my entire life, um, 
I lived in fear. My mother was not, my biological mom was not a very nice person. And, um, you know, I was afraid of her response to everything I did. So I always was an overachiever. Um, and it created this competition in me and, um, it instilled some pretty, pretty great things in me that I've been able to embrace. Um, but it instilled a lot of fear in me that I was never good enough. Um, and so, you know, I see in many relationships around me, I see people suffering, um, you know, as the person that I was and as the person my mother was. And, you know, if I can help anybody with that, like, that's what my mission in life is to do because, I don't want anybody to ever have to go through some of the things that I've been through. Um, and there are easier ways out there. You know, I, I'm pretty stubborn. And so I will let, you know, make life beat it down into me before I, I finally give in and say, fine, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to do what I got to do or do it your way, whatever. Um, but that's also because I grew up so independently, you know, I had to do things on my own and there wasn't a lot of people I could depend on. So um, in the same breath of me being afraid of certain things, you know, my things were afraid of failure afraid of not being good enough. Um, I was never afraid to try anything. I'm, you know, that's why I have a lot of, a lot of talents and I'm able to do a lot of things because I would never say no. Absolutely. Now I, I got one of the questions I have to ask you because I know that our theme this month is, is facing fears. I don't know if, if Corinne identified that because of Halloween or what, but I, I'd like to know why. But you mentioned something earlier, Annie, about just last year you were homeless. And I want to see if you yeah. can expound on that a little bit. And my second part of the question is, do you have a fear like this could happen again? And if so, like, what would you do? Um, back in, back in, like, two years ago, I uh, I was in a bad uh, situation in a relationship, and I, I broke my back. I ended up, it was, it ended up being a situation where I was in the hospital for four months. I almost died of a staph infection. And my husband at the time started uh, doing illicit drugs instead of um, saving my apartment or any of my things or my car. So when I came out of the hospital after four months, I was homeless. So it took me three weeks. I had already procured myself a job because I knew the situation a little bit before I got out. Um, but there was a three-week period that I slept by the train tracks in Boulder, Colorado with my dog. And I befriended some of the other homeless people that would help me watch my dog while I was at work and watch my stuff. And so um, I'm not – I'm not afraid that it's going to happen again because I've removed the toxicity from my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I know right now that like I'm doing it independently and I'm doing it very well. And, and honestly, like the positivity that I have lately, I just, I'm not really afraid that things are going to go bad. Um, I just, I know I deserve better and I'm just going to work towards better. And the last thing I really want to say in reference to that, I mean, and I know that everyone has a story. However, everyone is not always willing to, t- to tell and share their story. What makes you, I mean, on this call, you, on, the, on these shows over the last few months, you shared a lot of triumphs, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of things that most people would not have made it through. So what has made you be willing to share that? And what have you learned through all the heartaches and the pain? I it's really funny. I was, I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I, okay. So, um, I grew up, I was brought up Catholic. Um, but I knew that something was wrong with that, at least in my mind and, um, in my opinion. Um, and when I was in a senior in high school, I, I bagged groceries for like three months and saved up enough money to go on this mission project to Africa. And I stayed outside the Ngong Hills of Nairobi, Kenya, um, with the Maasai tribe. And we were there for two weeks 
And, you know, they're obviously, they're, it was a non-denominational church organization, first of all. My stepdad convinced my mother to let me go, even though she was brought up Catholic. He had been Protestant. And so um, while experiencing this mission project, we dispensed water for a mile from this spring up in the mountains. We, you know, we helped build a, um, we, we built a lot of shit, <laughs> you know. Uh, we did get to go on a safari too, which was pretty cool. But um, but for the most part, we would we would celebrate with the Maasai tribe. They would come and do these jumping things and sing with us. And um, and I knew in my heart at that moment that that you know I wasn't wrong, that they weren't wrong, and that maybe the you know Catholics aren't necessarily wrong, and whatever religion isn't necessarily wrong. And I knew that from a young age. And then I I spent a long time searching for my answer spiritually. And and so I've come to a big culmination with that. And um. And I've come to accept who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I respect it. Thanks, for I'm sharing that. Absolutely. But we're out of time. <laughs> so thank you, ladies, for calling in tonight um, and listening. Sorry that I went and fought a little tangent there. Uh, but I can't wait until next time. I'll be hosting next Tuesday, and we're going to be back tomorrow with another great topic. Um, make sure you join us Sunday through Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. As always, have a peaceful and prosperous night, my friends. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, touch on to your best friend and stay tuned.